entrepreneurs will save the world. We chat with successful entrepreneurs who share their journey and the lessons learned along the way. The Add Value to Entrepreneurs podcast is edutaining, leaving you with actionable advice to transform your life and create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. Our conversations are for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life they desire. We focus on the mindset shifts entrepreneurs make to increase their influence and impact in the world. It's time for you to add value. This episode is brought to you by Perfect Publishing. Perfect Publishing is a different approach to publishing a book. Perfect Publishing is sharing a project of hope called The Dose of Hope. We carefully chose heroes of hope who exemplify living a life they created through faith, hope, patience, and persistence. No matter what page you open to in this mini cube of hope, you will find a leader with a big heart. You will see you are not alone. The authors may share similar challenges that only hope and action could resolve. Get your free ebook at addvalue2life.com slash dose. Addvalue2life.com slash dose. Today's guest, A.G. Alufwala, is the co-founder and CEO of Callisto Art an online marketing company specializing in websites, mobile apps, and SEO for small to medium-sized business. AJ is a specialist in discovering, planning, and executing customized online marketing strategies for business to attract massive amounts of online traffic. He has worked with over 200 companies around the country and with businesses in places like Dubai. Given the massive success at Callisto Art, AJ launched L Apps in 2021, a mobile apps development company and is currently serving clients from coast to coast. As a result of AJ's deep reach within local business community, Callisto Art became the Upper Tampa Bay Chamber of Commerce 2020 Small Business of the Year. AJ gives back to the community through nonprofits, Project Pop Drop, Upper Tampa Bay Education Foundation, and Oldsmar Cares. AJ has lived and worked in Asia, Europe, and North America, and has visited over 15 countries around the world. AJ and his family moved to sunny Tampa, Florida in 2014. AJ Alutwala talks about the power of partners in business and how having a partner that was strong in areas where he wasn't was powerful in moving their business forward. He is blessed to be living the American dream and he doesn't take it for granted and wants to share it with others, including his son who's building a business and a YouTube channel. AJ, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to have this conversation. Just looking forward to uh, learning about your journey and how you're impacting the world. Absolutely, Robert. You know, so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, AJ, each each episode, I just let the entrepreneurs start with telling us about their own personal journey and how they got into, you know, owning their own business. And then, of course, you know, what, what you're doing now. Yeah, very good. So, uh, Robert, uh, I started off, uh, I, I guess, you know, before I even get into my journey, my personal journey uh, in entrepreneurship, I think I need to talk about how I did not have any background in entrepreneurship, not even within my my family, my extended family. I didn't have any uncles or aunts or anyone like that who was in entrepreneurship. So this was really a uh, self-learned, self-taught type of a, uh, you know, trial and error type journey. And um, I'm originally from Sri Lanka and my mom and dad both are 
they, they work for the uh, government in Sri Lanka. My mom is a uh, school teacher of 35 years, a maths teacher. And my dad works for, uh, uh, for the government. He was a civil engineer. So really didn't have that entrepreneurial background at all. Um, I uh, did a bachelor's degree uh, in IT as everyone uh, uh, around me did. And then uh, I was kind of you know, off to the races and I was working at a few different places. And then uh, I knew that, you know, this is not what I was cut out to do. And I want to uh, basically have my own uh, setup, uh, own, own thing going on. And that's when I started 16 years ago, I started Callisto Art. Very good. So let's let's talk a little bit about Callisto Art because I love the name. What what is the meaning behind the name? So thanks for asking that question. That uh, that's that's I get asked that uh, sometimes. Um, so Callista, according to Greek mythology, she is a uh, a goddess of uh, great beauty, and and uh, it also means pure in, in Greek. So creating most beautiful art form on the web is our passion. And that's how Callisto art came into play. Whether it's creating websites or mobile apps or web apps, we try to do uh, not just the, the technical piece, but we want to make sure that we leave a lasting impression uh, in terms of look and feel and the user experience. And that's kind of the backstory behind Callisto, the name Callisto Art. I love that. So the the other thing you mentioned is kind of being self-taught and and trial and error. And, and the idea of trial and error is one of my favorite concepts for entrepreneurs, right? It's kind right. of a scientific approach, but we learn by doing. Um, yeah. Would you share some of your challenges in, in learning by doing? Absolutely. Uh, and again, you know, taking a step back, I remember reading uh, Robert Kiyosaki's uh, rich dad poor dad back in 2004 uh, th that just opened up my mind I was like wow this is okay uh, this is the world I was not exposed to all this time and I was already 24 years old um, so uh, then I you know when, when I when I wanted to uh, get into entrepreneurship you know running a business um, uh, I think, you know, having a partner really helps, uh, especially when you're doing trial and error for any entrepreneurs out there, someone who can bounce off your ideas with really helps you not to go down the wrong path. So, uh, Ravi is the name of my partner, Ravi Patirana, and, uh, he and I, we started, uh, Callisto Art. Uh, again, you know, 16 years ago, and, you know, he has really, uh, uh, you know, in the background, almost in the background, helped me to really move Callisto Art into where it is today. Um, because I, I, I'm, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a visionary. I, I think out of the box and I want to do this and I want to do that. But uh, Ravi takes certain steps very cautiously 
and he is the one who who will say no no aj i, I don't think you know that, that that's that's the that's that's the thing which we should do or here's another angle of looking at the same problem and i think you know those kind of things are important when you are in entrepreneurship because as we all know most small businesses fail within the first three to five years right that's because the entrepreneur is passionate about what he or she is doing or, or this idea they have in their mind to go out and make uh, a living out of it but that passion does it really converge to dollars and can you actually keep the dollars right um and, and therefore I, I highly recommend uh you know, having uh, e e even if you want to kind of be on be in business by yourself, that's fine. But getting a mentor uh, or having a network of people whom you can really rely on, not for their own benefit, but for your benefit, right? To rely on where you can bounce idea off of is really helpful for you to, I think, you know, make those this those good decisions good business decisions which are not harmful to uh, yourself personally and your business and obviously uh, the biggest recipient of all of that is going to be your family when you're in business and you know any, anyone else you employ and their families too so uh, make sure you 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 not just you know think about ideas and try to implement them uh, just by yourself but always you know bounce them off of uh, different folks and get 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 an overall idea about whether that particular idea is a, a good one or maybe it's not so much of a good one as you thought it would be. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about um, different kind of mentor relationships, like a, an informal mentor versus versus formal mentor versus like a paid coach mentor. Right. Yeah. So um, uh, my the the mentors I am surrounded by uh, few mentors and I'm very blessed to be uh, to to have that kind of uh, that that uh, guidance in my life and um, and some of the mentors they don't even know that they're mentors you know they are they, they I, I look up to them uh, for inspiration and as well as to bounce ideas off of right. Um, so uh, the, these mentorships have come to me through the relationships I've gathered in the uh, the, the business landscape out there. <clears throat> Excuse me, the networking landscape, the business networking landscape. Um, I <clears throat> I belong to uh, several different masterminds. So uh, these mentorships have come through those masterminds, and um, they have really helped me to uh, take my business to the next level. And then they have also uh, uh, opened up some opportunities for me to, uh, to, to, you know, uh, to, to look at certain things in different ways. Absolutely. So you mentioned, you know, Robert Kiyosaki's book and, and reading and the, and the challenge I think for so many people that, especially with a skill set like, you know, web design, you know, app development, it's easy to say, well, I don't want to work for anybody and I want to start my own company, but they still think of it from the technical side and they, they, they create really great websites. They create really great apps, but they've really just created themselves a job with a terrible owner. Right. And, <laughs> and so um, how do you think differently to, to create 
something you know larger than yourself right no that's 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 a that's a, 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 a I would say a solid question uh, <laughs> because uh, you're absolutely right Robert you know people just you know create another job for yourself right by getting your own business so you you have to go through um, I don't think you know you have to but you may go through that experience uh, when you first get started with your own company you have to do you you know many jobs or you have to wear many hats right to uh, move move your business forward and even after you know being in business for for so long you'll still uh, feel like you have to do that too uh, but giving up control is a skill which you'll need to learn as an entrepreneur right uh, we all want to uh, control everything which we do and because we think that you know certain things needs to be done in a certain way however the moment you can get yourself to program your brain to give up control that's that would be the best decision which you made and and then also um, trust other people to execute on projects um, certain initiatives which you have in your in your company um, th those kind of th that trust which you which you put on other folks that's going to get you a long way because if you if you just keep on trying to do all jobs within your business you will just be another worker right and you you won't be the leader you won't be the visionary everyone expects you to be you will be just another employee. So I highly, highly kind of, you know, recommend and suggest entrepreneurs to give up control, which is a hard thing for a lot of people to wrap their brains around. Uh, but if you give up control, that would be the best decision you have made for yourself. Yeah. So let's talk about giving up control. And obviously the owner's got the ultimate responsibility, right? And, and we'll always have responsibility because no one will care for the business more than the owners. But at the same time, they have to choose what elements to give up and, and delegate and, and hire or outsource and those things. What, what's helpful in, in making those choices to, you know, what to hire, what to outsource, what to delegate, but what you have to keep you know, what's the most important thing for the owner um, to have control and responsibility for? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I think, you know, I can use an example, uh, you know, something which we went through. So uh, um, I am good technically, but I know I'm surrounded by people who are much smarter than me, <laughs> right? So knowing that and understanding that th that is a truth, Right. And you don't want to be the smartest person in the room that, 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 you know, as soon as soon as you realize that it gets easier on yourself. So uh, I rely on my partner, Ravi, when it comes to uh, technical know-how. And then then I have given authority to Ravi to build up his own team, um, hire the, the technical guys who are good at doing uh, what he does so he has basically given up control himself too he obviously overlooks everything so do i 
but we kind of you know give up control uh, in and trying to uh, not worry about the daily uh, minutia right if you try to worry about the daily minutia then you, you know you, you know you you just keep on spinning in one place and the, and um, we have weekly check-in meetings to make sure that you know things are all uh, in play uh, we are a small company however we don't try to micromanage i think you know this is a uh, this is something which a lot of companies uh, small small companies small setups uh, still try to do they try to micromanage their employees you know always look over their shoulders and uh, try to kind of you know g- g- give them feedback we don't try to do that we don't even we don't even worry whether people show up to work or not i mean we'll make sure that you know work gets done and that's uh, that's that's all there is to it. You know, we don't care what time they, you know, clock in for work, clock out. We just don't measure those kind of uh, things in this day and age. We expect people to be professional, get the job done, and um, if you are taking time off, then kind of you know give a heads up ahead of time, and that's pretty much it. Um, and uh, and and also. Uh, we don't, um, you know, you know, we, we don't uh, try to uh, enforce uh, work hours. And if they have to, like, you know, take their kid to the doctor's office or anything like that, you know, it's uh, all, you know, take off a couple of days, uh, you know, whatever. It's completely up to them. And we just just don't, you know, worry about those kind of Things because we all go through. I mean, we all humans, right? You know, we we just don't want to uh, push anyone to uh, not like you know they get out of their comfort zone. But uh, we we do all of this for at the end of the day for their own families, right? So uh, we're gonna make sure that everyone is feels comfortable, stays comfortable, and gets the job done. And that's all we we really worry about. That's 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 pretty challenging for 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 companies, right? That idea, you know, I, I recently spoke with a, a young man who's an expert in Excel. Technically, technically he can come in and improve the, the process of, of using an Excel spreadsheet and what they're paying their typical person eight hours to do, you know, he gets done in two hours. Right. But then the company expects him to use the other six hours, you know, you know to do it again and, right. and improve their efficiencies without rewarding him any differently than that person who's doing the same task for eight hours. And, and so he always gets frustrated and ends up, you know, either getting fired or, or leaving the job because, because the companies just don't understand it, the, the value of, of what he's bringing. And, and I think it's challenging, right. To, to, to come from these corporate structures where we just need the person sitting in the chair for 40 hours versus we just need the person that can create the product more efficiently and and have the end product done whether they do it you know 5 hours a day or you know and so i i i applaud you for for that openness that's that's very challenging um, for business owners to let go of of that you know having people in the seats right yeah th- thank you for that um, we yeah we we try to uh, have a culture where we are we are open like that uh, where uh, we don't you know I mean I guess you know I, I come from a corporate background to a certain extent so I, I know um, how certain organizations would 
would uh, you know want you to just be sitting there even at five o'clock in the uh, afternoon on a Friday evening. I mean, on Friday afternoon at five o'clock, just because it's four forty-five. You know, you sh- you know. So you know, my my team will actually you know sit till I don't know maybe six, seven, or even like you know we jump on sometimes calls, especially with the overseas team where it's nine o'clock in the night on Friday for them. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, we obviously try to uh, not do it all the time. <laughs> but uh, when when there is a need, we, we try to do it because it's still the Friday morning. So uh, for us in uh, East Coast. So we'll, you know, there's, but, you know, they, they don't start till like, I don't know, like, you know, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and they just, you know, go till a little late. Uh, so that, that flexibility, I think it really helps people to be passionate about their jobs, passionate about what they are creating. Um, and obviously it's very technical in nature. So they need to have the work itself is technical. So they need to have that flexibility. Otherwise, you know, people just burn out very easily. Oh, so valuable. So let's talk a little bit about, um, authenticity and, and character as a, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. And, and your ability to, to, to be yourself in, in the world. And so many try to be somebody else, try to act like somebody else or, or uh, be something that they're really not. And I think the most successful entrepreneurs really grasp the idea that authenticity and, and the power in being yourself. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, Robert, you know, I can probably, you know, uh, Turn this question back to you. Uh, how do you see me uh, in, in that light? Because I don't even know how to answer this question. So you might have seen something, and that might be the reason why you asked the question. Well, I mean, I think obviously you're an immigrant, and obviously, you know, you could try to pretend not to be, <laughs> maybe, <Right. laughs> but but you you embrace, you know, that you're from Sri Lanka, you embrace, you know, your origin, and yet recognize that even though my, my, my parents both, you know, worked regular jobs that I've chosen this path of business ownership. And I've, and it's kind of the American dream in a way, right? You're embracing the opportunity in the United States to own your own business, to, to do your own thing and to be, and to be your own person. Right. And um, I, I would, you know, start by saying or responding to that saying, that I am so blessed to be in this country, right? A lot of people don't recognize the the gratitude we all should have to be in this country, to do business in this country, where no one's going to come to you and say, this is not your business anymore. This is my business. No one's going to come to you and say that, oh, we changed the rules so you can't be in business anymore. Uh, No one's going to come to you and say, this is not your building. This is my building now, right? This country is built on a certain set of rules. We might have our petty differences, right? But in the grand scheme of things, people in other parts of the world want to have our problems, right? We, we are that blessed. They all are yearning to and begging to have our problems, 
we, you know, we really, 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 I mean, I, I tell my family that if you don't call this heaven, I don't know, you know, what, what is heaven? This is heaven for me. This is really heaven for me. And you're absolutely right. I am living the American dream. I, I really am. And I'm so blessed. And I say it with so much gratitude and humbleness. Um, it, it's not any form of, uh, of bragging or anything like that. But I work my, my way through and just in, in so much uh, gratitude for everything the country has, has suffered us. No, I know that that most of Americans listening to this have never the, the idea that somebody would take their business or the idea that somebody would take their building or the idea that somebody would would say, you know what, your business can't be in business anymore and, and be closed for for nothing. Right. They yeah. assume that, well, I'd have to break the law or I'd have to not pay my taxes or I'd have to do something that I'm responsible for. But the truth is. In many other countries, that's exactly what happens to business owners. They build up a big business, the government comes and takes it. They they build up something that that somebody else wants, and they take their building away. Or and for most people listening, that's incredulous, right? That, that yeah, that's just it's impossible right. to happen. And, and, yeah, and 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 even little things like, uh, would you worry about uh, electricity today? Would you worry whether we'll have electricity today or a power cut, as they call it, uh, you know, overseas? Would you worry that when you op open up the kitchen faucet, you know, good water, uh, drinking water might show up or not? You you don't, right? We just don't. Uh, do do we uh, worry uh, about not you know not having air conditioning, AC at our houses, right? We just don't. I mean, unless the unit is bad, you know, then we get a new one. But uh, do you worry about your kids, right? You know, when they go. So there are so many other things which can be going on in in a in a in another country, which can really present challenge in times for a business. Other than some of the actual you know business related issues there can be a lot of personal issues people have to fight through to do business right and uh, even to get permitting uh, or, or uh, licensing business licensing you might have to go behind a bunch of politicians just to you know get uh, something done and i'm i'm not saying like like big stuff like like just getting a business license do business like little stuff right uh, how easy it is for us where we just, you know, apply on the state website and boom, you know, within a week you are in business, right? You get your paperwork and you're done. You pay the fee, you're done. But in another country, it might not be the case. It might be, very, you know, very, very, very different. So I'm proud that I'm an immigrant and I made it here. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I never hide that, you know, I, I always say that, you know, obviously the moment I open up my mouth, you know, you all hear that I'm, which is, which is cool. Uh, so, uh, and I like that. And I think, you know, some people gravitate, gravitates uh, towards me because when they hear that accent, um, they're like, yeah, where, where are you from? Are you, uh, are you from uh, uh, India, right? And I say, yeah, little south, you know, a tiny <laughs> island called Sri Lanka. Hmm. That's beautiful. So let's talk about developing the confidence to 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 start your own business, right? The difference between you know the the supposed security of getting a job, right? Coming out of college, you're supposed to get a job. You're supposed to do, you know, you're supposed to do all these things, um, but when it doesn't feel right, 
it takes a great deal of confidence to start something different. Yeah, it's uh, it's not easy. It's really not easy, especially if you are in tech, because right out of the gate, you are going to be uh, close to depending again, depending on where you are. You're going to be looking at a salary uh, at, at, a, at a you know tech company, uh, you know north of seventy thousand, eighty thousand. I mean, I know some folks who are in the Silicon Valley right out of the gate got offers close to three hundred fifty thousand, right? Which is insane, right? So, so once you get used to that kind of lifestyle, you you know when you have a Hundred thousand, hundred thousand dollars salary. Your your expenses are going to be seventy. <laughs> right? So once once you get used to that 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 lifestyle, then how do you uh, how do you kind of give up on all of that, right? Because everyone around your friends are going to be the same people who are that you know that same level. So how do you how do you get out of that? How do you get out of that mindset of okay, you know, I'm going to give up on hundred thousand go to zero and try to build a business so for those kind of folks you know i would say start a side hustle right we will be right back after this short break this episode is sponsored by the newly released book dream life planner move from tired and overwhelmed to free and empowered by noel l peterson available on amazon or you can order a personalized signed copy at empower e-m-p-o-w-e-r two dream.com that's empower number two dream.com if you enjoy the show please like and subscribe leave a review tell your friends welcome back let's get back to more greatness start something little see that it's really up for you because entrepreneurship is not all you know it's it's not a bit of roses right it's a it's a very very hard uh, road to to success and a lot of people see the 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 nice things and uh, the the cars and the houses and the lifestyle of already accomplished entrepreneurs and think that oh yeah that's what I'm gonna get when I become an entrepreneur it's it's not it's uh, it, it is very different from that so so uh, start a side hustle and see whether you can. You can give up on your weekends, whether you can give up on hanging out with your friends, whether you can give up on um, staying late every day um, and give up on going on trips uh, when everyone else is taking uh, the national holidays trips and see whether you can do that. If you can do it, you are cut out for to to be an entrepreneur you know i mean i i put it in the the worst case scenario ever because it can be that right because i don't want to you know paint a uh a, a nice picture about it and then later say yeah you know i didn't tell you about these kind of things but you you just have to uh get yourself out there in that light and that kind of mindset where you think that you can basically take over the world no matter what um like a marine right you know can you take over the world no matter what the marine would say yes and with that mentality you, then you can be an entrepreneur right all right you, you just scored points because i was a marine so yeah. that was a good there move you. 
Thank you for your service. <laughs> Absolutely. So you mentioned gratitude earlier that you're grateful for you know the opportunity. What other ways does gratitude serve you in, in your personal development? So um, it's uh, not forgetting your beginnings. Uh, I think, you know, my, you know, my, my, uh, uh, you know, I, I had very humble uh, beginnings as I shared with you, uh, you know, I don't come from much, but I work my way through uh, nothing has been really handed to me. If I, what I've experienced is if I work three times as hard as the other guy, I will do better than the other person, right? So three times as much. So that's that has been my mantra. And that is how I have progressed to where I am today. So uh, I uh, have always given back to my, my, uh, my, my country, um, to Sri Lanka, uh, just last week, we were able to feed 92 families in a uh, in a very remote village. Uh, they don't have cell signal. These people are extremely, extremely, I mean, they are in extreme poverty, to, to say the least. Um, they are not really getting anything. There's no real infrastructure for an amount such as $15, which is the minimum wage in Florida, where, where, where I live, that $15 worth of food will take them, food and supplies will, will be uh, two weeks worth of uh, supplies and food for them, two weeks, just with 15 bucks, right? So we were able to, uh, uh, to, to, to uh, help 92 families and I have a contact there and you know they go and you know uh, distribute this food um, and then uh, locally I give to uh, project pop drop uh, which is a um, uh, a, a company a, a toner a printer toner company is behind that, behind that initiative and uh, the lady who runs it uh, Sharon Edwards she helps um, metropolitan uh, ministries and other uh, children's homes uh, in Tampa Bay, and uh, this they, they serve a tremendous amount of uh, kids and uh, just families. Um, so that's one of them. And then Old Smart Cares is another not-for-profit uh, which I give to locally, uh, where the money obviously you know stays uh, locally as well. Nice. So, so let's talk about the value of contribution as a economic, right? The idea of giving for, for many feels like, well, I'm not making enough. If I give it away, what, what will I have? Right. And so, but the power of giving is bigger than, than that. Yeah. yeah. And, and absolutely. And, and then giving comes of, of I guess you know, yeah. It, giving giving happens in so many different levels, right? Because when people think giving is all about a monetary give, that's really not the case. Giving can be your knowledge, right? Giving can be um, how you help another business owner to succeed, right? So when I go to masterminds, 
my idea is to help as many people as possible mm. not to do deals that's that's a wrong mindset if you show up to these conferences thinking oh yeah i'm gonna i paid this much to be here but uh because i'm here i'm, I'm trying to you know get some deals if you go with that mindset you'll probably not do any business because no one likes a likes a salesman right no no one wants to uh to to get that you know sales approach but if you go with the attitude of i'm going to help as many people as possible the money will come it's going to just come come back to you so whether you are thinking about giving to a local charity or uh, help an international charity or just uh, go to an event just try to give 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 and you'll get 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 <laughs> but don't go with the mindset of i'm gonna get as much as i give because again that's the wrong mindset hmm. absolutely so you mentioned uh, obviously family is important to you um, you mentioned some of the the challenges in starting a, a, a business, right? The time away from family, the the extra time on weekends, the late nights. But when you get to a certain place, you can design your business around your family. You can design your business around the things that are important. Um, can you share some of the some of the benefits of running your own business, being an entrepreneur, and raising a family? Absolutely. So I have a home office, which is fantastic. And because of that, I am very um, involved with my kids' uh, lives. Uh, I have a young family. Uh, my kids are 10 and 5. My son actually will be 11 this uh, the, uh, next month. So uh, I am able to uh, get out and play football or basketball with with him in the backyard or the, the driveway almost on a daily basis because I, I run my own business. I don't have any drive time, which is perfect. Uh, so, you know, just imagine you know, if you are spending half an hour or 45 minutes or even an hour at times uh, just, just commuting to work and back, uh, that can easily add up and that can take away time from your family, right? So, um, I uh, drop off my daughter to daycare in the morning and then I, you know, get my day started. Before that, I, you know, do a workout uh, before I actually drop her off. And uh, then uh, I'm able to, you know, just, you know, uh, you know, spend spend time with my wife because she she's home and uh, then uh, then uh, spend time with the kids in the evenings and then even you know put them to bed and then here's the beauty because when you have a home office you can jump back on the horse at night <laughs> and work till late um i don't know whether that's ideal for a lot of people but uh, this has worked for me for my setup because uh, especially when i have uh, around 70 engineers uh, abroad uh, we have to you know, get on calls to talk about what's going to be tomorrow and, you know, day after tomorrow and whatnot, because they've already started our tomorrow. So if, if you don't get, you know, jump on a call and have a quick discussion, whatnot, um, then, then I, I don't want their entire day to go a waste. So we do that at night, um, spend like, you know, one and a half hours, maybe, you know, a couple of, you know, two hours, maybe, um, so that that works and that works for my business i'm not saying that you know this will work for 
all businesses, but you know, this works for especially the, the tech business. So let's talk about having developers overseas and being able to to employ other people and, and provide jobs um, in, in other countries. Yeah, so uh, it can be challenging um, because right now I am, uh, so I have a team in Sri Lanka. I have um, three uh, folks from Latin America. My assistant, she's in uh, Venezuela and um, we have a uh, sales girl. She is in Venezuela as well. And wow. then we, we have a uh, uh, SEO specialist who's based out of Peru. <laughs> um, and then uh, my partner of uh, 16 years, he's in Winnipeg, Canada. And we have a team in Canada as well. So it's a it's truly an international setup. Uh, and we are thinking about developing a, uh, a team in Pakistan as well um, because we have so much work which we need uh, so that the other teams in Sri Lanka can't really you know, handle it. So, um, which is, you know, which is a good problem to have. But uh, working with the overseas folks, you know, you just have to keep in mind that you are going to run into two main problems. One is the time. The other problem is the language, right? The language barrier. Uh, even for me, you know, being an immigrant, uh, there's going to be that language barrier where certain things, the way you say it might not really translate to the way they understand it. And they can be speaking another language and therefore they, are, they can culturally, they'll understand it in a different way, right? So you have to be very clear in your communication, maybe even say the same thing in so many different ways. Um, think of it as talking to Siri or talking to, <laughs> to uh, your, your Google phone, right? Um, your Android phone. Uh, you gotta, you gotta say the same thing sometimes in this, you know, several different ways for it to understand it. So that is pretty much what you'll have to do to uh, sometimes, you know, uh, get them to, to understand what you want to happen. Now, beauties, they are very hard workers and they will try to work with you, try to please you. So therefore they will go the extra mile to understand what, you know, what we are trying to accomplish here. And then uh, also the second item is the time zone. So especially, you know, when you're working with anyone from the on the exact opposite other side of the world, you are looking at a 12 hour difference, right? So your day is their night, their night is your day. So you might have to, you know, get up early and jump on calls early in the morning or stay, stay up a little late and then jump on calls late at night as well. But the opportunity to economically support families in countries like Venezuela and, and Sri Lanka is, is so exciting in my mind, I think. Um, and, and there's people that would argue that, oh no, you're taking away, you know, jobs or, or you're taking advantage of them. But the truth is you can actually pay them double or triple what they would typically get at home. And, and they work, you know, twice as hard as, as somebody that you could pay here for, for twice as much. Right. Absolutely. I, I don't think you know, I have to rehash exactly what you said, you know, that, and, and, and that is, that is the truth. Right. And, 
uh, you know, you work working with uh, folks overseas can be. Uh, we actually, I mean, we have a team here too, but uh, working with uh, sometimes and and it is sometimes the uh, kind of the uh, the knowledge as well. There, there is sometimes, I mean, we've seen that the there's a gap in knowledge, uh, which the people uh, overseas don't seem to have. They can basically uh, do technical heavy lifting without any problem they you know they need very little hand holding uh, because they they are exposed to that and they you know they they do uh, uh, complex projects and they are used to it so that helps too uh, from a, strictly from a business owner perspective nice all right so let's talk about you mentioned your kids how how important is play and fun not just as a dad but but as a as a entrepreneur or company owner yeah, so entrepreneur, company owner, I think, you know, playing dad is very important. Um, I remember when my son was like four or five years old, I took a couple of his Hot Wheels and created a little dealership. And, uh, you know, we have a Lego character coming in trying to buy a car. So gave him a lesson, you know, uh, you know, you, you don't come up with uh, the right amount of money today. You go back home, the, com the next day you come back, oh, the price has gone up. So what do you do then? <laughs> right? It's not a dollar anymore. It's actually two bucks. Oh, man. <laughs> right? So he's like, Dad, I need to make money. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, uh, I own HireThisKid.com. So little little initiative which we started for my son. Uh, this is pre-COVID. So he will, when he was like seven or eight, yeah, we will go to uh, local businesses and he is actually good in front of camera. He has four YouTube channels now um, and he, and he's, you know, again, he's going to just turn 11 um, in May. He will review, he'll do a video review of that business and get paid hundred bucks for that. And we'll throw it on the, the Hire This Kid YouTube channel. So, so you know, he, you know, he liked that. Uh, and obviously, you know, when COVID happened, we had to kind of, you know, take a backseat on that. Uh, but now he's uh, big into Pokemon and he, you know, he, uh, he, he, you know, he does uh, breaking of Pokemon cards and things like that. And then also, um, uh, he's a musician. He plays the electric guitar. He has four original songs out there um, on iHeartRadio, iTunes, and things like that. We have done music videos. Uh, his name is Ashane Alutwala. Uh, A-S-H-A-N-E is the first name and uh, my last name. And you can, uh, if you Google search him, you know, you'll, you'll find there's a video about a song called Island of Dreams which has a pirate theme and it's a fun video. Um, so feel free to check that out. Um, and as the entrepreneur, I was say, you know, since I have all these contacts uh, locally, I was able to pull a video crew, do green screen, uh, all that, you know, fun stuff. And, you know, this, we, I mean, that video looks good. I'm, te I'm telling you, you know, it's, it looks good. So I uh, was able to do all of that because I, I have this, this uh, network of other business owners and contacts, right? So I was just thinking to myself, you know, how would someone who doesn't have any of this would, would do something like this? Maybe they have a very talented kid at home, but if you don't have a, a network, it's, it's a little hard for you to, to uh, you know, gather all this talent 
to do um, something like that, a music video for your for your son or your daughter, right? So uh, uh, I, I think you know, yeah, being a, a dad who has this uh, entre entrepreneurial gene in you really helps to mold your kids in a in a certain uh, in a certain uh, way where they they start questioning certain things, right? You know, um, I mean, they obviously they, they go to public school, but they when I, I I tell them that you know always question what you learn at school and also try to fail at least on something every day and tell me what you like especially at school try to fail at something and i've told my son when you come home i want to hear from you what did you fail at today and he's a straight a student he's in principles on a roll but let me hear from you what did you fail at school today because if you are failing that means you're learning Oh, right. So if far. you're not failing, you're not learning anything. Well, and the school teaches the opposite. <laughs> we start we start giving these grades, and we tell them that nope, that F failure is a bad thing. You got to do it over. Right. Failure is a bad thing. Yeah. But see, instead of saying, instead of saying, this failure is a learning lesson you got to do it over instead we say this failure this is bad you you know now you got to take this home and have your parents sign it instead right. of saying hey why don't you take this home and redo it and, right. and learn and yeah. so i i think that's where the the failure is bad lesson starts and so i love that you're doing the exact opposite your son's getting straight a's he's a great student now tell me what what you failed at today yeah so he has to now try he has to try to fail at something, right? You know, you, I, I force him to fail at stuff because we we can't we can't uh, raise our kids to not have failures as kids, right? You know, not, not to have the mindset of I'm not going to have any failures in my life because I'm a straight A kid, right? You know, that's the wrong mindset. You gotta you gotta help them uh, have the mindset of okay, failure is okay. You, you know your your world doesn't end because you know you got a B. It's okay or a C or a D or E, whatever it is, right? It, it your world does not end, right? Your, it does your world not change. Good. Yeah, it does not change, and I, I think you know that's the problem of the society in general these days because we cuddle and and uh, try to keep our kids too safe, and and uh, I mean obviously you know you got to keep them safe, but uh, when you do it to to a certain extreme then you're not helping them to grow as, even, as individuals. Even science, right? When we teach teach the sciences and they've got this whole book of experiments, all of the experiments are pre-set up to teach them the lesson the experiment versus real science yeah. where you have to try something and see if it yeah. works or not. Try right. something and see if it works or not. And that's really what entrepreneurship is, is, you know what? I'm going to try this sales script and see if it works or not. Well, right. I got to tweak it this way. I got to try this and see if it works or right. not. And there's, there's a lot of a lot of that opportunity for trial and error, just like you talked about at the very beginning, right? You stepped into entrepreneurship and and you learned by trying. Oh, change it, try it again, yeah. trying, changing, and and taking action is kind of the root of that, right? The willingness to say it doesn't matter whether I get it right or get it wrong. Right. There's more power in the doing. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, fa failure is not an option. <laughs> Quitting right. is not an option. Yeah. Failure is learning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So you mentioned some routines earlier on that, that are important to you. What what routines um, do you are non-negotiables for you? Do you make sure that you do each day? Um, I, I would say uh, having a uh, a week uh, or not a week a, a weekly checking with your team. That's a uh, non-negotiable ne negotiable for me. Uh, a monthly check-in with the entire team is a, uh, and, and uh, the monthly, uh, when I say a monthly uh, check-in, it's really not a monthly, uh, it's more of a, uh, you know, monthly check-in not to talk about business, but talk about themselves, right? So I think, you know, that's important to make your team feel like they're appreciated uh, they are recognized. Uh, we talk about uh, books. We talk about uh, certain, uh, you know, uh, certain uh, dilemmas we had. We, 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 you know, kind of, you know, get it out there in the open. So that's on a, you know, like a weekly and a monthly uh, basis. Now on a daily basis, I start my day um, and I, I try to uh, get a workout in. Uh, because as entrepreneurs, we are under a lot of stress. So, you know, you gotta you gotta do at least just a quick ten minute, you know, power walk, or just get out there and run. You know, get some fresh air. You know, if you can get out because there's snow outside, just <laughs> do a uh, like a you know home workout or something like that. There's millions of videos on YouTube. Just just, you know, get your blood flowing, right? You know, maybe you're into yoga, maybe you're into meditation, you know, you know, get get yourself away from uh, all the electronics and try to uh, get your blood flowing or where you calm, uh, where you uh, focus on not business, but other things, because then you, come, you will come to the business life with a lot of clarity. And another... Um, Another thing which I try to do a lot is a uh, is listen to Audible and and, and read books, right? So um, uh, you know if if you are not learning, you know you you are in one place. If you are not especially reading, you are you are in one place, right? You, know, you cannot you you are not going to learn what's beyond what you already know. So uh, I'll definitely encourage everyone to get out there, pick up the books, try to read books. Try to get as much as possible in terms of uh, read time, and also uh, if you have a commute, uh, Audible is going to be your best friend. All the time listening to the morning show, radio, morning or evening drive home, that is just that is that all the music and all of, that's that's just a, such a waste of time. So don't do it, please. Just just <laughs> get 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 an Audible account. It's inexpensive. Um, What's expensive is not to listen to it. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. When, uh, when we stopped networking, I, I lost a lot of my audible time. <laughs> I had yeah. to figure out how to listen to audible at home. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. No, uh, COVID was, uh, you know, this, uh, the pandemic time was, uh, you know, was interesting, right? You know, some people jumped on audible, some people fell out of audible. <laughs> go out, go out and sit in the driveway and not go anywhere <laughs> no, no, all right what was your favorite date with your wife 
So my favorite date with my wife, uh, I would say is the, obviously, you know, the, the, the wedding is out there, but I think, you know, before we, before we, uh, got married, uh, we went on this crazy, uh, road trip. Uh, we used to live in Wichita, Kansas at the time. And, uh, while we were going to Wichita state, we took this trip going to, uh, to Colorado Springs, we were in your neck of the woods, uh, and we were broke <laughs> as college kids. Uh, we did not have a place to stay. We went there, we visited like Seven Falls, and this was like Christmas Eve. Uh, Seven Falls, uh, Cave of the Winds, and you know, a bunch of other places, Royal Gorge, right? You know, Suspension Bridge, all of that stuff, and came back the next next day and i think that entire trip you know obviously it's not a date but it's a kind of a trip you know and i remember it you know vividly because it was a you know real fun time that's great my wife and i had a similar trip within the state on a memorial day weekend <laughs> went to uh the four corners in, in mesa verde and royal gorge right <laughs> right so love yeah. love that little road trip so yeah beautiful fantastic. area beautiful area for sure yeah yeah. All right, AJ, what's what's the big dream? Uh, the big dream is I have several. Uh, I have uh, so we have a few products which are in the uh, pipeline. So um, one is a uh, a, a yacht uh, listing and a closing service. Uh, we think it's going to be the uh, auto trader in yacht world. Um, so we are very excited about that. And uh, then uh, there are other products which we are which are releasing. Uh, we are which are working on and releasing for the mastermind, uh, for the masterminds just in general. Uh, so very excited about those. So uh, the 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 big the big dream with these products is one of them will get uh, bought by someone for you know billion dollars. So that's that is the big dream. Nice, like uh, like Twitter. <laughs> like Twitter. There you go. There <laughs> just you write, go. just write us a great big check. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> AJ, I love it. All right, so you spend an hour having coffee with with an entrepreneur, but you want to leave him with AJ's words of wisdom. What would you share? Oh, I would say that um, the problems you have today will be gone tomorrow. Oh, just believe in that. That's fantastic, AJ. Thank you so much for taking the time today and sharing with me. I love what you're doing with your son. Um, I'm excited. I'm going to definitely go check all, all that out and uh, going to figure out a way how I can hire him to help me build up my YouTube channel. So there you go. <laughs> all right. Very Thanks, good. AJ. Robert, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate you. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. ADDValueMindset.com. In our next episode, Stephanie Stuckey and Robert talk about her taking over the family business after decades of neglect in corporate hands. She's committed her life to reviving the business, supporting local growers, and creating a cultural revival of healthy snacks all built around the only nut native to America, the pecan. 
She wants to make road trips fun and help families create memories.